Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey everyone, welcome to Absurdity, and I am joined once again in my living room, sitting in my couch by Tony Anoboli, hey. my wonderful, handsome co-host, um, and you're my bearded more, brother in Christ. These are getting more elaborate. Thank you. I do have a beard, and it's, what's weird is it's been so humid up in Berrien Springs, and then on the trip that we talked about, I thought I was going to shave it off. Like, I thought it was going to get uncomfortable, because that's usually when I start to shave and just go, like, either baby face or, like, small, is, is when it's, like, humid and I'm sweating. But it really hasn't, it hasn't affected me that much. Hmm. I'm a little bit surprised. I want you to know that you sounded surprised, but by the fact that you had a beard, you were like, oh. I yeah, do I have do a have a beard. That's right. Yeah. No, because normally around this time, I've shaved it off. I've been like, get this off my face. No, it was really, it was like, uh, have you seen the John Mulaney stand up where he's doing Radio City Music Hall and he's talking about salt and pepper? Oh, and yeah. Not the diner. I'm talking, the, yeah, not yeah, the famous. Yeah, 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 it's like yeah, salt yeah. and pepper. Yeah. Um, oh, and what's this out of nowhere? Pepper. Yeah. That's you. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's what? this? I have a beard. Um, and if that wasn't absurd enough for you, don't worry. Uh, Absurdity is a podcast where we explore all things absurd in religion, culture, and society. Uh, Tony and I are both Seventh-day Adventists, so a lot of the framework that we talk within is within our own denomination. But I think that there's enough here um, that we try to address, and we try to address things in kind of a, uh, not a non-denominational way, but in a denominationally neutral way. Or we try to speak on things that we think impact multiple denominations or communities, but we just talk about it through the lens of our own experience because it's better. I think it's better to be honest about that than it is to project our own experience as the experience of everyone I've, else. I've found it so true. Like even in times where like, cause I'm Hispanic, which is weird. Cause if you see me, I'm, I'm very white passing. Um, but like my Hispanic experience is so different from so many others. Like I grew up with Hispanics that tend to be very emotional, especially Hispanic men. And then I'll talk to some of my friends who are from other Latino countries 
And they're like, yeah, no, my dad never cried. You know, my uncles never like expressed affection. And I'm just like, really? So yeah, like it, 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 whenever you take your experience, it's better to just be true and just be like, this is my experience. If you relate to this, cool. Yep. Um, and generally try to do things that you're going to find, you know, come across rather than just be like, well, you probably understand what I'm talking about. And it's like, no, they, they might have no clue. Yeah, exactly. But I also feel like the human experience is absurd to a degree. Yeah. I, I mean, to some extent, you can you can almost claim that anything is absurd. And I know that seems like intellectually lazy of me to say, but like to everyone, something is absurd. Oh, yeah. The only like only in a normal world is weird considered yeah. weird in a weird world. Weird is the new normal. Uh, weird beard. MGK 2019 rap battle. There it is. Um. No, it's true, but I, I think like even the things that I don't think are absurd, there's someone that does think that's absurd. Yeah. Um, and then there are things that like I think are absurd, and someone who completely disagrees, like someone who like we could see as absurd for entirely different reasons. So like yeah. I think that a God that loves me so much He would die for me so that I might have a chance at salvation and um, and an abundant life. Uh, I think that's absurd. So does an atheist. Right, yeah. but we think it's absurd with for the, different yeah reasons. for different reasons and for a different mindset. Um, and to some extent, actually, to the same reasons, I find it very unbelievable to some extent. You know, like yeah, like, like there's there are some days I I love the way that Rachel Held Evans would say this, but she would say, um, yeah, there are some days I'm not even sure I like. Do I really believe this? Like, there's some days where I, I kind of have that question, and it's not a question of like, oh, I'm doubting, like, oh, I'm walking away. It's just like it. It just seems like, so. It begs so much credulity. It really does. It really does. Uh, and there's someone out there that's like, well, that's a sign that you're, yeah. you know, you're just, yeah. you're just, re- you're, you know, you're just ignoring this call from your sanity to walk away. And it's not that. It's just intellectually, it's intellectual honesty to, um, and I think it's human to express that sometimes, yeah, some of this does seem a little absurd. Well, I think like ideology is so hard to feel like ideology at some level is mutually exclusive to things that are practical. Yeah. And, and like, I can feel stuff. I can, I can touch stuff. I think that's why I loved archeology span is because we can argue certain things till we're blue in the face doc doctrine wise and dogma wise. But then like when you're holding a pot that, you know, someone from the age of David made and crafted and used there's there's kind of this weight there's gravitas towards it versus like oh well you know there's this super being in the sky that that i totally believe in and it's just as real as that pot but at some level it, yeah. it's it's harder to it's easier to grasp yeah those things and so you do have those moments where it's like is this like almost i i call it like my when I when I get a little loopy, like I get yeah. a little like tired, and I'm just like, this seems kind of strange. Well, and I think, I think sometimes that can that moment it can be a big fork in the road, mm, um, yeah. where where it drives you to it, it kind of propels you to action. Um, and I think one way or another, um, yeah, one way or another, and and I think that's one of the things that we're going to try and dive into is the one way or another today, because one of the yeah. one of the forks on the road I see are, is the creation of of what we what we call independent ministries, and um, we'll define that in a minute. But basically, what a lo- I think the way a lot of independent ministries have started is someone had this moment of like, do I really think that the way the organization is doing this is the way that it should be done, or do I believe it could be done better in a different way and or accomplished think, differently? Yeah. And, and I mean, it, 
the way you describe it makes it sound like it's a very long thought out process. Like for some people, it can be like a knee jerk reaction. Like they can yep. have that crossroads or come to that, that fork, like in a split second and just make this yep. instinctual or emotional decision of like, I need to do this thing. Um, or it's the decision to not do what long. they're yeah. doing. Or to, it's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I saw it's something this, I didn't like. I didn't like it and then switch over. And yeah. then you turn left and you discover whatever you, whatever comes after yeah. you turn left. Yeah. And and it it can be it can be a long drawn out process. It can be really short. But I think yeah, you all get you get to that point where I something's gotta you know something's gotta give. You can't just continue yeah. on just as. And that's and and let's be clear. Every time you're asking the question, is this really X? You're not. Um, it's not a negative. It's not always a negative question. Doesn't have to be. But I think when we do it, there's a difference between waking up and just kind of wondering. There's a difference between reading the Bible and sometimes of, and sometimes wondering. Uh, then there is in like seeing the church do something or seeing people do something, take an action, and saying, "Is that really it?" Like it's a reactionary question versus a kind of one that you either stumble into or one that's just a part of a, an exploration journey. But there's actually. Um, a specific catalyst to you asking that question for emotional reasons. Yeah, which um, leads into what we're talking about, which is, yeah, you know, sometimes when when that happens in Christianity, you get independent ministries. Yep. So let's, as is tradition, on absurdity. Um, as I hold up in a while though. Oh, I we did it with mentoring when did Rick we? was on. Oh, okay, never mind. So sorry, friend. It's because we haven't talked about like a specific topic like this. Yeah. Um, where we've needed the real yeah. definition for it, but we and did I missiology. Heard that episode either, we did so missiology yeah. last week, and we we uh, we oh, we did we define did, it. We yeah, we did. It. Yeah, we did. Um, I was not awake. You were not. You were <laughs> half asleep. That episode, that's probably why. Uh, it was very entertaining to watch. Like every time Tony blinked while we recorded that episode, he blinked like slower and his eyes opened less every time like i had to think about blinking like i felt like a <laughs> sociopath that just like you're supposed to breathe right now look at say aha uh-huh, yeah. blink like so the now that we're both awake and adhd is kicking in ding, ding. um i think independent ministries the way that we'll describe them and once again through the lens or framework of adventism right um are ministries that are not i want to say accountable um, to not directly accountable in um, to the denomination that they or faith community that they um, that they serve. They're not directly accountable to meaning that let's take I, I'd say and or reliant. Yeah, or reliant on yeah. as well. Yeah. So they exist without the need w- without um, needing the organization. And they exist without full accountability to the organization. There is some accountability that's allowed. It I can think. be, yeah. And there's it's it's, but I think it's mostly goodwill accountability. It, it's mostly along the lines of if you're going to say our name or associate, it's it's if you're going to associate, there are certain rules you have to play by. Yeah, but you don't. We're not going to give you any money, or you're not asking us for money. Kind yeah. of a thing. Well, and you're not, and if you're an independent ministry, you're not a church. Like, yeah, like an independent ministry a is a well, specific organization that is doing something. So look at like Amazing Facts, which doesn't have a, it's not a church, but it is a an organization of preachers, of content production, of Bible study production, of media. Well, and see, I of, wouldn't even call them an independent ministry anymore because they are held accountable by... I can, I can give you conference. that, and part of that is because Doug... But they started out that way. Yes, and that's part of because Doug became a pastor um like he actually technically is a pastor versus something like um 
I would say, yeah, there's not even like a lot of big ones. I mean, three ABN technically, three ABN technically is yeah. I could give you three ABN there. Um, Hope Channel is like directly from. Um, there's a lot of more like smaller stuff. Uh, a lot of smaller. TV channels yeah. are that way. Well, They're and even smaller ministries. I can think of a refugee ministry yeah. in Atlanta There's that partners with the Georgia Cumberland Conference, yeah. but doesn't. It's not a. It's not a conference thing. Yeah, I think Faith for Today is technically an independent ministry. I don't quote me on that. I will. I think there's some that that they don't get direct. Like I said, I think the the definition is they don't get direct direct financial assistance. Um, and well, or or they're not reliant on yeah. the financial assistance from yeah. the conference union tithe money division, isn't necessarily diverted to them or even offering yeah like nothing they don't really get a, a chunk of that pie and um their most of their accountability is like to themselves like it's itself mm-hmm. there's only there's only non-direct or they invite yeah. you know one of the conference presidents or whatever on their board um you know, as a way to like make sure we're not, yeah. You know, well, and I think drawing so, pentagrams on the floor. So I do find I also find something interesting about this because I'm I'm thinking about this now, and yeah. I think the trend of independent ministries, specifically within Adventism, um, I, I I think the trend has been that, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm just noticing a trend. The trajectory of independent ministries has always been the more conservative or traditional way, and it almost seems like. For the big ones, anyways. And for a lot of them, it seems like it was to preserve or maintain a specific branch or brand of Adventism or church culture, right? That's specifically what I'm saying. Preserve that as the church was potentially making decisions or moving in a direction that maybe um, some people didn't agree with or like anymore. And I'm not like reference, I'm not like under I'm not like under the table referencing yeah, something specific. I'm not yeah. sub yeah, I'm not doing no, that. I, I'm not I, vague booking. There's a definite branch of that. I think it's so big. I think that's the thing is like a lot of times in in like pastor not pastoral, but like in leadership circles, when you hear independent ministries, you kind of get this like negative um connotation of that of like, yeah, these are kind of like on the fringe. Yeah. Um and like independent churches, kind of a thing, yep. where like they're not really Adventists, but they have Adventist beliefs. And I would say that those have a definite negative connotation yes. to it. Um, but really, when you actually break it down, what what independent ministries actually are, there's a lot more. Like most most ministries that now are accountable to the church are no longer independent. Were at one point started out that way. So like, um, uh, not Review and Herald, um, the radio ministry. And I can't think of it right now. The big one for the church. Oh, posters on it. It was started by. Um, You're not talking about Voice of Prophecy, are yes, you? Yes, Voice of Prophecy oh, okay. was originally yeah. started as an independent ministry. Yeah. Um, that that the the preacher of this one church, he just felt like they needed to get on the radio, and so he said, "God, if we get money for this, I'm going to go on the radio." And so he just went to his church. He's like, "I think we should get on." And it, back then, the radio was like this evil thing that no, and literally the first Christian ministry on the radio was an Adventist one because he was just like. I'm just going to pay for this. And yeah. eventually that became, you know, part of the thing. They might still be independent. I, I, yeah. There's some accountability. I know there's a, a good mm-hmm. deal of accountability. The speaker is a really good guy. 
Uh, we know Watch know this be how we find out that Sean Boonstra listens to this podcast, yeah. which is he writes was, in to be like, all Natalie of that was wrong. Yeah, like all everything of it was wrong. you said was everything wrong. Everything you said was wrong. Everything right. you completely said. I do know the start of it is true because I, I know the, the the son of the speaker, the guy who started it, was good friends with my dad. So that's all. it's a really cool story about that. But that's the same. Most of the Adventist churches, um, it's the one that comes out of, of Oakwood. I can't think of it right now. Oh, it's killing me. Is it killing you though? It is killing me. But anyway, there's, there's that Tony one. Tony is slowly dying well. on my couch, and I'm, I'm going to do nothing about it. We all are at some level. Anyway, so a lot of these big ministries that we think of now, they were originally started. As, welcome to Absurdity, as, where everyone is slowly dying on Ryan's couch in some way, shape, or to form. A, to a bigger, <laughs> in a metaphorical way, we're all just sitting on Ryan's couch. I love it. But that's kind of, to me, that's the thing. It's like independent ministries have all, like, there's so many. That we wouldn't even think of as being independent. That like, oh no, it totally is. But there is like a group of, and I think the other one that like maybe not even independent churches, but um, they tend they, they just branch off and they create a school because they're like, oh, these other schools are too heathen, or um, they break off and uh, they they start a, a seminar tour because oh you you know you're you're getting the the wool pulled over your eyes. So I'm going to come in and educate you about how evil some of these things you're just letting happen are, or about health or whatever. Uh, medical, a lot of medical missionary stuff is all independent ministries. Yeah. Um, it comes into, it's like usually held in an Adventist church. It's usually hosted, but yeah. it's an independent ministry. So like, regardless of your feelings about that stuff, like there's a ton of them because we just tend to only, like not typecast, but I guess we, we tend to well, pigeon, we think of, pigeonhole. Yeah, like what an independent ministry is. It's like no, that's a very specific type of one. And like we think, yeah, ton. we think of a few specific ones, but literally any ministry started by people that isn't specifically attached to the church is. I can think of one in Orlando called Salt. That's an independent one that has partnered with the church, but it's fully independent. Um, it's any ministry, and here's 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 the important point, right? Anyone that is leading those independent ministries or involved with it gets no voice or gets no vote in anything that happens in the church purely because of their role in that. So if, if let's say, someone leading an independent ministry does end up at GC, uh, at like a GC session or annual council, there is a voting member because they're a pastor or a church member, but they're not there because of yeah, their role in the ministry. I mean, they might be there to give a report, but yeah, no, they're yeah. not there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, and um, that's that's the I difference. Mean, technically, even like all these schools that are non-conference schools are technically considered independent yeah. ministries. Um, I would agree with that, and there's much more oversight on that uh, because they are considered Seventh Advent schools, but a lot of schools aren't. Yeah, like people don't realize, like a lot of times while they associate and they call themselves like technically they are not under the jurisdiction. Um, so that, that, that can be good or bad, depending on how you view it. So what are some of the like issues and what are some of the advantages to being an independent ministry in your opinion? Um, I think the advantages, um, okay, well, let me, let's be full, fully transparent here. Um, well, I'll, well, not fully in this exact moment, but this episode, I will be fully transparent. This is just part of it. Um, I can see right through you. Like literally, not all, not all the way through. I haven't said I wasn't fully almost completely. Yet. Uh, by the end of the episode, you will. Uh, the absurdity is an independent ministry, hundred percent. This is an independent ministry. Talking about 
conspiracy theories. <laughs> this podcast is 100% an independent ministry. Yeah. Um, run by people in good standing with the church, um, not paid for by the church. Not Now, we do have sponsorship dollars that do come from the church, but they have no voice in anything that goes on on this podcast. And should I mean, it, like... You know, the sponsorship dollars that come to this podcast. That's the voice. Sure, but like, they're so just yeah. Paying, they're just paying, like, they don't tell us what we can say or can't say, but it's like. Yeah, they, they can pull the money the at any that, point. Yeah, like they can be like, we don't want this anymore. So they, they, they stop yeah. giving us money, but that's it. That doesn't stop what we do. No. And that's the point. Well, it um, hasn't yet. <laughs> and it won't. Uh, I probably won't yeah. in the future. Um, Because I'm not dependent on that money. And I made, right. the, I made it a yeah, point. Yeah, that that's why I said, like, it's, it's. From the very beginning. We are not, like. Yeah, we exist whether or not we get those dollars. Yeah. So here's the benefit. Uh, the benefit is, and it, it's also an issue. You aren't really accountable to the church. Yeah. In the same way, meaning that you can say things that you wouldn't be able to say. Um, you can do things that you wouldn't be able to do as a part of you know an organization. Um, there are things like I talk with conference leaders all the time who have the same dreams and visions that church members have that a lot of the young adults leaving the church have. Like they want to see some stuff happen and they, and they say like, yeah, but I'm in the system. Like I'm stuck in the system and there are certain rules I have to play limitations. by. I, there are limitations to what I'm doing and I will, I will equip and teach someone how to do it, but I can't be the one to do it. And I'm waiting and I'm hoping that someone comes through those doors or someone, someone with the energy and the passion to do it. Who's not in the system like I am, um, that can actually have the freedom to go do it. Um, and, their their hands are tied because of policy, red tape, you name it. Like that's just the weak that's a weakness of being institutionalized. And I'm not saying that that's a good or bad thing overall. I'm just saying like that's a reality that you, that we have to face. Yeah. Yeah. Um people get mad that the institution has to protect itself, but the institution has to protect itself. That's that's what institutions do. Right, yeah. Like especially <laughs> for insurance reasons. Yeah, there's no there's no way around it. Yeah. Um it's it's that or the conference like Here's the thing. Like, let's let's let me give an extreme example. There's nothing specific here, but a hypothetical example that illustrates the point. You're becoming more transparent. Um, if a let's say a, a a director decides to do something really risky, um, in a ministry decision, well, that mi- risky ministry decision results in someone deciding that they want to sue the church, and now you've put an entire conference worth worth a conference's worth of churches in j- financial jeopardy because of one lawsuit. From Legally, the risk yeah. that you took as a director, like you're now, talking. Granted, I mean, granted, you have the conference attorneys who are able to help out, but still, they now have to deal with this because you are kind of like I, as someone on the other side of the state or conference, have to deal with this now. Yeah, I'm I am directly affected. Yep, because I am connected to you. So the hands that are tied, it's not that it's not that someone else is tying your hands. It's that like you have to balance the opportunity cost, the risk. Yeah, yeah, the there's, the there's a bigger and you're talking about tithe dollars. Like the money that you're spending is tithe dollars. Um, so it's like there's weight to that decision. Whereas I started absurdity with my own with my own paycheck. I dumped, you know, I I dumped thousands of dollars into starting this before I ever made it. Yeah. Before I ever had money coming in, yeah. I'm still in the red on this podcast easily. Um, that being said, we're starting a donation drive. If yes. you'd like to hear <laughs> and, more about this podcast, uh, please call our numbers. Our Operators are standing by. That being said, I'm in the hole on this podcast because I chose to spend money. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. be clear on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You can start a podcast for free. Free. Yeah. In fact, when I started this, all I had was my laptop mic. Well, so, I mean, not free because you still got to have the laptop, but yeah, cheaply. 
Yeah, very cheaply. Um, negligible costs. Yeah. But I pay more because I want to, basically. Well, I, yeah. And that's, and but, I think it's worth But that's the other thing is like, yeah. you can do so, that because again, yeah. you are not, yeah. li- not liable, accountable to the conference. Like a lot of times, um, the quality of the ministry that you're trying to put out is you, you're trying to put out 180, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but they give you a budget of 420. Yep. And it's like, and but they expect 180. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, you're going to get 420. Like you're, you're, you're not going to get high quality yeah. because this is what you're paying me for. But, and, 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 and they shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like I know a lot of people that put extra money into a conference event, which God bless them for that. But then the conference is the one who, who gets the the good PR on that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, God does ultimately, but it, the conference looks good because it's a conference event. And I never understood that. I'm like, look, if they want to pay for that amount, like, cool. If that's your heart, if your heart's set on that, then yep. good. But like, they're only paying you for this much. Like they, you know, they can't expect that level of quality, but you have, we were free yeah. to do that because it's us. We can decide how much we mm-hmm. want to spend. And, and we yeah. didn't even vote. We were just like, yeah, this is what we're going for. Cause we value this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on that note, like, so I work for Southern. I have to be, I do have to be very intentional and, yeah. and tread carefully in the way that I speak on the podcast because I want to keep my job. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is accountability. I, you know, if I, yeah, there's accountability there, but at the same time, I could leave that job and keep doing the podcast. Correct. Should I want to? Yeah, it's not what I want to do. But um, the the other side of that is, they don't get to control what happens in this podcast. Yeah. They can they can deal with me, but they can't have any repercussions that involve shutting down this podcast. And realistically, I mean, that's the point. Perfect, they don't have legal a, control in a, over in it. In a perfect world, your work shouldn't be affected by this, but we all know that's not true. Yeah, and like, and that's not any shots at Southern. Southern has a no, duty no, 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 to no. protect Southern. Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah, do. and if I was, and honestly, like, would you really want an employee that was going to just trash talk your organization on a, you know, like? Well, I, I was involved with a club at Southern that that was why I left, and I had I loved the people in that club. I loved the organization. I loved everything about it, but unfortunately, it started taking a direction that it couldn't go down, and I was like, I'm I'm working promoting southern like that's my job i can't be seen ragging on the institution and then also saying but it's totally a great yeah. place to spend four years yep. of your life exactly 50 grand you know what i mean like yeah. it's I, I couldn't do that and so you have that question of like all right well yeah as long as i don't say anything that goes against it mm-hmm. yeah it shouldn't be a problem but if i'm continually being like and let me tell well, you something else and that's and that's the line that i tow like the line that i tow once yeah. again fully transparent on this is like, I care about Southern. I like Southern. And if something were to happen in regards to Southern, I think of last year's uh, ra- the, the racism episodes yeah, we did. Yeah. I think that's how I would want to handle stuff like that. If something happens at Southern that's controversial, standard, like we're still going to talk about it, honestly, in well, this podcast. And I think that... Because I'm never on this podcast to trash talk people. Yeah, I was going to say, the nature of this podcast is not to... And I say this, being the one who's usually the more... Uh, uh, extreme, extreme of the two, but the nature is not to tear anyone down. And if you talk to us personally, we'll tell you that like straight up, like the, the nature of this podcast yeah. is to ask questions to make it better. And we've said this many times, if we don't think it, it can get better, 
then we wouldn't say anything. Yep. Um, so to me, that's one of the advantages of being independent is the ability to control what you're saying. Yep. You can be a little um, bit more authentic and a little bit more uh, intentional about what you're doing uh, independently. You can push the envelope a little bit more. Yep. You know, the, um, what was it? The, the record keepers, the one that, that the, the, the thing film that, came that got out. shut down. Yeah. The I mean, keeper, yeah. they, that had that come from an independent ministry, they could have put that out there. Right. I mean, they still might've gotten in trouble with, with the conference, but because there was something that the GC, and I'm not saying it, it should or should not have. I'm just saying the GC had every right to pull the plug on that. And they did. Whether or not they should have, we can debate yeah. that. But they had the right to, yeah, because they were not independent, because they were dependent, mm-hmm. um, and so that's just the struggle that you have as an artist, as as someone that's trying to put something into the media, as, as a creator and and uh, participant in um, media. Like we need to, we sometimes need to be able to push the envelope a little bit in a way that most people maybe don't. Not that they wouldn't agree with, but they wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with. And so you can't do that if you're independent or if you're dependent. Um, you can yeah. only do that if you have that independence. Yeah. I think one of the bigger issues is that um, I think the biggest thing is the mentality when it comes to issues, right? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people start independent ministries for the wrong reason. And because of that, then it becomes an issue. Like if you start it out of anger or like bitterness, bitterness, uh, vendetta, revenge. Not even that. if you start it from a oh, I can this is this is offensive or this isn't the real, you know, this isn't what true I know what the truth is. Yeah. If you start in that spirit, um, then yeah, I think that that can be a, a liability and, and an issue. Um, so, I mean, that being said, um, you know, what are, what, all right. Why should we avoid, what are some reasons why we should avoid uh, creating and being a part of independent ministries? Um, ones that are, let's say ones that were started with that mentality. I mean, that's why, because it's going to foster bitterness towards the organization, I, okay. like our bitterness towards the faith community that you're part of. Um, I think, don't get me wrong, I think there's a place for deconstruction. There's a place to work through anger and injustice that you may have experienced. There's, there's a time for that. But you don't base your entire... I actually just tweeted about this earlier today. But like the longer you remain bitter about who you used to be or um, who you are, or the faith that you used to have or the faith community that you used to belong to... Um, you're never like the longer you do that, the longer it's going to take you to embrace the person that you, you're either meant to be or that you're striving to become, right? Uh, because you're always going to be operating out of bitterness instead of out of joy. And this is this is like when we talk about deconstruction and reconstruction. So deconstructing your faith, saying is asking why I believe this, what don't I believe, and then rebuilding from that and saying, okay, this is what I believe and why. Um, well, your why your what you believe and why should not be based out of what you don't. Um, or not what you don't believe, but it shouldn't be built out of the anger of why you don't believe something. Reactionary. Yes, it shouldn't be. Um, it should be a, a natural process because then it's filled with joy and you actually end up living the abundant life that Jesus calls you to live. And so I think um, I think operating in that mentality is always operating with its superiority. 
So it's arrogance. It's spiritual arrogance. Um, it's it's not righteous anger. Um, it calls you to do dirty and underhanded tactics. It calls you to, and I've watched this happen. This is a big one, right? I've watched this with an independent ministry that exists, and I'm um, not trying to trash talk, but I watched this, right? Uh, this has been a year where a lot of kind of important, not important figures, but um, known and um, known figures and people who have really served the church in different ways, a lot of those people have died, former presidents, secretaries of the NAD, of the GC, you name it, right? Um, people who, who yeah. gave a lot to the church. And I watch of themselves. And I've watched independent ministries write articles um, basically reporting that so-and-so has died, uh, the funeral is this date, at this location, our condolences to the family. Um, that's you know, a two-sentence line at the top, and then there's a 10-minute read beyond that uh, that's just listing all of their sins, basically, all of the things that, that that ministry feels they did wrong and why they, they were, you know, being led by Satan or why they were uh, damaging to the church. And, like, I watch that. That's the kind of thing that happens. You stop... Yeah. You stop appreciating people and you start become you basically become a conspiracy theorist. Like you're just looking for all the bad stuff and looking to cry foul and you're not looking to actually build up or affirm in any way. And um so you're you're and you build this is it. It is a ministry that is built on tearing someone else down. That is why I think those independent ministries are dangerous. And there's not, I'm not trying to name any specific one. You can pretty much figure it out by their fruits, like by what they're doing and by their rhetoric, by their message, uh, by the, uh, I don't want to say the people that are writing for them, but um, you can see common themes. You can see, um, use the wisdom and discernment that the Holy Spirit gives you and yeah. see where that's coming. Yeah, from. no, a lot of times when I, I see some of these independent ministries that I, I'm like, eh, that's a problem. I, I, the majority of their message is a negative one. And I don't mean that in like a, oh, it's a pessimistic one. It's like remove this or take this away. Or there's, there's, there's a lot of negativity, you know, cleanse thyself kind of a thing. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but there's never any replace it with this, replace it with this. It's just stop doing these sinful things. Yeah. There's never any positive... And then it does tend to be very pessimistic and 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 tear people down. Um, you know, it's really easy to look and and just say, "Oh, Beyonce is evil." It's mm. not easy to say, "Here's what you should be focusing on." Yeah, it's really easy to you know to get up and and harp on something and just you know oh yeah the you know i had and and i loved like i said i i loved my church in texas but one of the things i really struggled with was um i went to a couple prayer meeting sessions and i got there and we're supposed to be i don't know we were going through like ezekiel or something you know what i mean like not a book that really has prayerfully a lot of, of course eschatology yeah no it wasn't a prayer meeting it was a bible study <laughs> it was not a prayer meeting it just that's what they called it it was one night prayer meeting but we didn't pray Anyway, there's a metaphor in there somewhere. Um, but, yeah, so we, we would get there, and what, what bugged me about it wasn't that it, it wasn't a prayer meeting, because I'm like, all right, this is cool. It's a Bible study. That's not bad. Bible study is a kind of a prayer. Um, you're spending time with God, listening to him respond. Okay, cool. What bugged me was we would get, like, three verses in, and then everyone around that table would just talk about how evil the world is. Like, that's all they would talk about is how mm. lucky they are. That the world is it is just so evil out there. And I was like, guys, you're not 
not only is like I feel like calling up the Bible, I'm like, are we reading the same verse? Do I have a different version from you guys? Like, I'm in New when King did James. Ezekiel I know, yeah, change like, from <laughs> that is not. Ooh, you guys are reading the annotated. Is this the Ellen White uh, annotated no, version of the Bible? Because well, no, holy and cow! What's funny is I see that the other way too with young adults, where every Bible study just turns into uh, lamenting about how terrible the church is. Oh, oh yeah, I wish we sides. would do this, or especially when you start talking about early church of Acts. Oh man, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, my church." Oh, it I never, just never, wish never, we would never, do never. this. Yeah, it never does like, this. Again, and like, oh, like, I think like I we say, do this negativity. And so, and granted, you know that was not an independent ministry, but that same spirit. And again, I'm trying not to like dog any independent ministries out there, but I go, but when the majority of your message is a negative one. I have a very, very, very hard time joining that um, or wanting to be a part of that. And I have a very hard time wanting to people to get involved with that. Um, there's one large independent ministry out there that I will not promote. I won't stop people from going because I believe God can use anything, but I will not promote it. Um, and the reason being, every time I go there, it's a very negative. It's 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 negative. Yeah. There's no positive. There's no here's what you can put in your life. Um, here's what you can do. It's very self-serving. Uh, that's the other one that I would say is a lot of times these independent ministries, they simulate spiritual growth with piety and holiness, right? And it becomes extremely selfish and self-serving. Hmm. Where you are not interested in helping others out. You were only interested in navel gazing, which is a term. So I'm going to explain that term real quick. Um, back in the early Christianity days, there were these monks, and I want to say they were like in Cappadocia or something like that. They were in, yeah. they were in like the Turkey region of the early church, and they were known for literally concentrating and staring like at their own navels, um, which is your belly button. For those who don't know what that is, ah, that's why it's called the Navy. Yes, no, naval forces. Yes. Uh, so, oh, <laughs> so they would just stare at their own bellies, and it and it was literal. Like they literally, there was a group of monks that would do that to meditate. Um, but it became kind of a a catchphrase for any ministry or any any part of. Uh, uh, a minister that only looked at oneself that did not. Mm. And I'm not saying that there isn't a time for self-reflection. Do not get me wrong. There absolutely is in discipleship. A huge part of that is self-reflection and self-awareness. But I think anytime that you get into involved in an independent ministry, that's only interested in looking at me and not how can I help others? Yeah. Like, look at yourself so that I can better help yep. others. How can, why am I offending people? Why am I hurting people? Why, how can I better go out and spread the gospel? If you are not trying to do that, yeah. if it's only to make yourself a more pious person, you're not going to grow spiritually. Yeah. Um, and, and bigger than that, you've taken the focus off of Christ. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the biggest thing. It's like he literally, you know, it's, and we use this as a metaphor all the time, but, you know, you have that Peter. In the waves, looking at Jesus, he's able to do something miraculous. The, mo the moment he takes his eyes off of him and focuses on his issues, he begins to sink. And I think a lot of times independent ministries have the tendency to become self-focused. Any ministry does. Yeah. But I think independent ministries do because they yeah. have this, 
there's because of that lack of accountability, yeah. you tend to set up these echo chambers, and well, it just becomes how can we get better? And I and, and let me add to this, and I'm I'm really struggling with this because I've long said it, and I'm hesitating to say it anymore, but um, I still I still lean I still believe it for One different reasons. So I'm, one more I'm, time, I'm becoming more nuanced on this, but um, I am always wary, very very wary of anyone who calls for a redirection of tithe. And anyone who says your tithe dollars should not go here where they currently go, and they should yeah. go anywhere else. Now, the what I let me here's why I'm 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 careful about this. If we say we should never trust someone who says that, or you know we should be overly cautious about them or anything, then if the tithe system that we currently use is actually broken and does need to be rediscovered, what we're doing is we're creating a manipulation chain um, of and a gaslighting chain. To say no, the problem's you, and uh, th- no, there's no problem with our tithe structure. And if you just would stop calling people to do something different, uh, our tithe structure would be fine, right. right? If if I'm not saying our tithe structure is broken, but I am saying that just like any time someone even remotely suggests that tithe maybe shouldn't go to the GC, we you know red alarms go off, police show up, uh, we all freak out. And I think here's here's what I think. Specifically, specifically within the the context of an independent ministry, um, if someone is calling for your tithe dollars to go to them um, or their specific organization, then I think that's where you get wary. Because the, yeah, because the church is corrupt yeah. and all yep. that. I, I mean, I I can understand someone looking at their community and saying we can get so much more done here. There's so much more we can do here. I can't fault anyone for wanting that. Yeah, I, I agree I 100%. Cannot. But when someone does say, yeah, you shouldn't, don't give your money to the corrupt, you know, bourgeoisie, keep it among the spiritual proletariat, I tend to be like, okay, yeah, calm down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, and this is a very fine line, and I think there's a difference between calling someone to redirect tithe currently or saying, hey, our tithe structure is broken, and I wonder if we can do something different. Uh, someone, right, someone, right. Someone postulated recently, too, they were like, look, I, I, you know, we're, we're bringing in X amount of tithe dollars, but at the same time, people don't see the return on investment on their tithe because it goes naturally away. Yeah, yeah. So well, car- we don't emphasize it. Yeah. We don't emphasize it from the front. Well, we don't, we don't, we like, we really don't. Like, all we do is we talk about we need the lights on, but we're not like, look, this is what's happening. Yeah, but no, this is, but not only that, like, I'm saying they, they postulated, yeah, they yeah, said, yeah, yeah, if yeah. we did tie the different way yeah. and they saw more, they this saw more money happening yeah. locally, maybe they would give more to the give church more. as a whole. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's, that was what they said. And that, right. I don't think there's anything wrong yeah. with postulating that idea. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think so either. So that's that's. So I'm trying to be more nuanced in the way I talk about I that. You. But anyone who's telling you that their money should go, that your money should go to them, um, or that your money should go somewhere very very specific, um, that you know doesn't benefit the body of Christ as a whole, then I you know I do think you. you that's you, a bit you, of a warning. That's a yeah. that's a that's a flag. That at 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 best that's a flag. At worst, um, it's corruption. All right. And so we've talked about yeah. why we should avoid independent ministries. Why should we have more and be more uh, involved with independent Well, ministries? you should donate your tithe to uh, absurdity. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I am. Rather totally than the corrupt kidding. media uh, services. Yes. Um, so I think we should. I Come, th- brethren, rise together. The <laughs> podcast revolution is upon us. Yes. Oh, my dog just coughed up something. And I don't know if that was in agreement or not. No, she agreed with me. Um, we start. We're starting to. I'm, st- I'm start. We're starting a Trotsky. revolution, but we're gonna print all of our flyers this time. 
<laughs> I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> Only invited my brother, my, my mom's boyfriend Steve, <laughs> and Meek. This is my friend Meek here. Meek, um, worst revolution ever. So I think uh, the reason that they're good is they do provide a prophetic voice in the church. Mm, okay. Um, I actually have because, a friend that, that you, said because you aren't bound to. Yeah. It. Uh, there was wow. there was a friend of mine said he's like for better or for worse I do think podcasting is going to be the next prophetic voice in the church and I don't mean prophetic as in predicting the future I mean prophetic as in call to accountability. Yeah. Yep, call yeah. to accountability. Which is I literally had a conversation with one of my uh, uh, former youth kids. Oh, they're still my youth. One of my one of my guys called me up and literally I was like, it, well, what's a prophet? Like we were defining what a prophet is and I was like, we often think of what a prophet about like. Oh, the future. And I go, the majority of prophets, like it was a call to accountability. Yep. Absolutely. So I think that's I think that's one. I think they they can occupy a space that's different. Um and and they have provided a home for a lot of people who do feel outcast or kind of excluded from traditional systems. The entire exvangelical culture exists because of independent work. Hundred percent. The exvangelical community, as a community, as a group of people, only exists because of th- spaces like podcasts and well, spaces I, like YouTube and I mean, spaces where they could actually connect. And literally, by definition, it had to be an independent ministry because anything connect- connected with the evangelical community, yes, they were they they weren't gonna be associated with, even if it was a positive one, even if it was one yeah. that wasn't quote unquote tainted. Like they had to be reached out by. It. That's, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's good. So I think I think that's one. Um, I think uh, another thing that um, independent ministries bring to the table is opportunity. I think they provide greater opportunity for you to be involved. I think in many ways, because they're not tied to the financial structure of the church, they do have opportunities that financially can be beneficial to you and can afford, they can afford to hire, some of them, can afford to hire some of the demographic that a lot of the church is missing out on. I have several friends who graphic design and do video work for independent ministries, like It Is Written, or even Voice of Prophecy, or even Amazing Facts, you name it, even though we already talked about Amazing Facts. But well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but but, like, but that's for what the saying. most part, yes. they're independent. Uh, yeah. For the most part, they're independent, and, and they can hire people with the skill sets that we've traditionally said the church tends to not do a good job at, at working with. So, and, well, we, and, and we could get those graphic designers to redesign our evangelism yeah, PowerPoints. And, and so our, nice. we could also get them to redesign our logo. Designers, help me, please. Um, Shout out. So the, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think they provide opportunity, um, work a job good, opportunity, a good space to fail. Yep, absolutely, they um, they absolutely do. And I think here's the other thing. I do think they they contribute positively to the life of the church. Okay. Um, think about how many people from um, from the time that Amazing Facts was fully independent. Think about how many people have come to the church beca- and and come to a you know knowledge of Jesus because Christ of that, because yeah. of Amazing Facts. How many people it's been able to reach? Um, and and that's not to say that dependent ministries. Can, you know, Adventist World Radio has done a lot with that too, but I don't think the Adventist Church would have been able to yep. do well, what Amazing Facts yeah, was able to do. And let's talk. I mean, let's even talk about that, right? Um, when I was a church pastor and we needed Bible study resources, where did we go? Yeah. We went to Amazing Facts. Yeah. Like, we went to the Discover Bible Study series. We went, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we went to Truthlink with, with Arise and Light yeah. Bearers. This is not, like, it's, it, very many times we've had to go outside of the system in order to get the things that we need. And like, I think, I think another advantage, and why we should get involved in it, is um, they can, they can hyper-focus on something that the church can't 
They can devote resources and manpower to, to one specific yep, thing. Yep, absolutely. Um, wow, that's a great point. Yeah, like yes, it just, it just, we can because with the church, a lot of times the conference is so spread out, and they have to do like there's certain mandates that they have to like not mandates. There's certain minimums, you know what I mean, that the yeah. church kind of has to fit, so it can't really it has to be more broad than specific and so a good independent yep. ministry can can focus on one specific thing and really get that done i think the other thing it can do um and I, and i think that it does it really well is it can provide a space for not creativity innovation for innovation that i think the church can't afford and, and, and this is why I say when I say a space to fail, um, you need the same space you need to succeed is the same space needed to fail. Yep. You have to have that space. That's why there's a term risk capital yeah. with, with, uh, with and, businesses. And businesses know this. I mean, they know that there is no guaranteed thing. And it, so many times in the church, because of the way the organization is structured and because of the de- not the demands, but the expectation that is put on it because it is tithe dollars and there's a lot of, you know, you can't fail. Yeah. There's no space to fail. I'm very lucky that I am associated with a conference that allows more of that space and, and for creativity because I understand that it's an investment. But there are some conferences that are too small. They really can't afford it. They literally cannot they literally afford it. literally cannot, cannot afford to have that space. They're like one failure could be the end. I mean, we... I, how many, and I, and I go back to Nokia because I think that's such an excellent example for us. Nokia was a company that didn't do anything wrong and still failed because they didn't do enough right. Um, just not making mistakes isn't enough to, to, to keep you afloat in yeah. the world sometimes. You have to do the right things more than avoiding the wrong things. And I think a lot of times in the church, because this fear, like that's why a lot of these, uh, I hate to be that specific again, like that's why a lot of schools are closing is because we have not done anything wrong, but we also haven't done yeah. anything right. And I, and that's not a, again, it's a very broad statement and it's intentionally broad because every unique situation is a unique situation. But you're I, talking about the system as a whole. Involved, yeah, as a whole, a lot of schools close because nothing they did wrong. Um, they just didn't do enough right, and there there wasn't enough space for innovation. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a whole plethora of reasons, but you know that's not the only one. But I think that's a big one. And because you know what I mean, and so it got to the point where one failure, one bad year, killed them because yeah. there were it just was heading in a wrong direction. But because there was no space, so I think that's a big one that independent ministries can provide is this yeah. idea of try it, learn from it, keep mm-hmm. trying it again. Um. And that's why I think, to a degree, our Adventist colleges are a little bit independent. Um, they are not in the sense of they're not uh, they're very dependent on <laughs> finances and everything from the conference, but um, they are a little bit intellectually right. Like mm-hmm. they have space for people to be wrong, and I think that's awesome that people can come in and have things that are not correct as either either ideas or um, projects or something that's that's maybe not a complete 100% guarantee. But as they begin to explore them, 
they can make mistakes and they can correct those mistakes. And there's no, there's, it's expected and it's looked for and there's not no mm-hmm. shame associated with it. And there's no, if you don't make this a hit right away, we're never doing this thing again. Yeah. Um, you can be like, all right, what did you learn from it? Yep. I remember that was the big, when I did a paper and I failed at the assignment, I completely failed the assignment. The professor came up to me and said, cool, write about why you failed. Like, I'm not interested in success or failure. I'm interested in you learning from that success or failure. Yep. And that was such a huge eye opener for me. And so I think independent ministries can, yep. that's an advantage of why you should get involved. I think, um, I think the other, the other advantage is that you can, um, you can get things done faster because you're not tied to the red tape of yeah. the process. Yeah, especially Which isn't the, the in the double-edged sword. But yes, yes. Um, but I think I think it's also true. Like I'm experiencing this with the scratch right now, right? Yeah. So the scratch is independent, hundred um, percent. We are, um, you know, we did this on our own. And um, one one thing I'm realizing now is like, yeah, we started talking about it as even an idea in October, and we launched a Kickstarter in May, um, and we did testing, we recruited people, we did a everything branding all of it in in that time like our product was finished would have been a two to three year our product process was finished Uh, yeah by the time the kickstarter launched our product is done the ministry is ready to go this is a matter of fundraising for us to be able to provide the things that we want to provide in a sustainable way well and moving forward yeah. yeah and moving forward in growth right but i think of it now the early days it's a lot faster but i am going to get bogged down eventually with taxes with you know, getting checks sent out to, you know, contributors and, and team members. And, like, you get bogged down by stuff the, the, the more your institution grows. But an independent ministry, by and large, doesn't have to go through as many steps. Um, and so they can get stuff done. You didn't need to set up a committee to choose a committee. Yeah, you just, just did it. Just select a list that another committee can yeah. be. If Kevin and I want to make, make a change on the website, we just go do it. Like, Or I just text him real quick, or he texts me and says, hey, you cool with this? And we go... Yeah, and then it's done. Like <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, that's a, that's a hyper exaggeration of of what the church is. But I, a lot of times, that really is. It really does be that way. Where like yeah. you have a committee to select a committee to. That's a nominating you know. committee. You have a um, what what is it? Um, you have a there's a, the organizing committee that chooses the nominating committee. Um, that chooses that then selects subcommittees to review for the executive or whatever. Yeah, like it's it just it like you do have committees that choose committees that then like choose the committee that choose the board. Inception yeah. of committees. So yeah, um, it, it, you can get stuff done faster and more effectively or more efficiently, not necessarily always effectively, yeah. but you can get things done more efficiently for sure. Yeah. Um, there's not as much yeah. hoops to jump through and and things to worry about. So this is something that I think when looking at what we're trying to do, does the Bible say anything about independent ministries in the positive sense or negative sense? Jesus was an independent ministry. (laughs) I'm calling it. The church was an independent ministry. I'm calling it. Um, I feel like there's more weight and a lot more implication to what I just said than I realize. I said it very lightheartedly, but... I mean, kinda. I would just like to take this time to disassociate myself with well, anything I mean, involved okay. with. <laughs> but let's be serious. Jesus was a rabbi that did not associate. It, but, I mean, he did associate and was in temples and stuff, but he did not do yeah, his ministry with the paid. approval of the yeah. of the rabbis. He wasn't. He didn't get salary. Yeah. No, like that's neither did the apostles really. They got. I mean, Paul was a tent maker. Um, 
and he was yeah, an apostle. They were very self supported of the twelve, but yeah, like that's um, like I think I think the difference between the difference between what the church, like the Jewish church, yeah. was doing at the time was they weren't even holding themselves accountable, and so by being in the, by holding yourself accountable, you were almost being an independent ministry. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. Paul by Paul saying like I'm just gonna go preach to the Gentiles, like yeah. he held himself accountable to a standard higher than the actual church. Well, hey, you know who else was? You know what else was an independent ministry? All right, let me go on the flip side. Uh, the Israelites when they built the golden calf, that was an independent ministry. Um, <laughs> like uh, you've got, yeah. There's, I mean, well, I mean, there's more of an independent ministry yeah. move or action, but <laughs> like you know, yeah. There's on both sides, yeah. Um, I think it. I think, honestly, what the Bible speaks to is people who feel a calling or or acknowledge a calling from God, and they move in that direction, and they move in whatever that you know they move wherever that direction calls them to move, and I think, um, and it's always. But here's the thing, and this is the catch with all of it: the the purpose in following the calling of God and the fruits that 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 that. That 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 that, the fruits that that bears, um, are always to build up the body of Christ, and uh, to build up the church to praise God. It is never to tear down the church. And any time that you are, like Jesus said some harsh words to leaders, right? But he was standing up to injustice, on behalf of the the oppressed. He wasn't just he didn't just have a bone to pick with the conference. He was speaking because people were actively being abused and he wanted them to change and to see the error in what was happening with when you talk about the temple uh talk about flipping tables in the temple like everything is done for the building up of the church because and here's 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 the thing if the church is christ's bride i don't know of a single groom that stays friends with someone who hates um you know a single husband who stays friends with someone who hates his wife who can't stand her who wants nothing to do with her. Um, and if they do stay friends, it's not for long, right? Unfortunately, uh, you can't get rid of family that hates them. But yes, friendship, yeah. um, you can't. Well, yeah. no, you can no, get, you. Uh, not get rid of, but you can. Yeah. Like, I, Oh, yeah, no, you cut um, people off, for sure. Yeah, like that's, so uh, that's my thing. Like this whole I love Jesus, not religion thing, like, or, you know, I, I love Jesus, not the yeah. church, whatever, um, or I wouldn't be, well, like, those are people that God loves and yeah. Jesus loves, and you're basically f- abandoning them um, because you have a bone you, to you, pick you, with yeah, them. You don't want to, yeah. And I'm not saying, whole, I'm opening up another can of worms, but I'm not saying that you can just, you know, that it's all, that it's never okay to leave. That's not what I'm saying. And if you are in an abusive but, situation, there, there's a difference between little gripes yeah, 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 yeah. and a bone to pick and someone who's legitimately become a victim of oppression, of injustice, of, uh, insti- of, of the perils of the institution. Well, I think, are you, leaving, are, you, are you doing it for the health and growth of either yourself and the other person? Or are you doing it, like I said, reactionary? Yeah, are you it's doing it because you want to hurt? What are the motivations and mentality? Yeah, yeah, are you yeah, doing yeah. it because you want to hurt the thing that you're leaving? Or are you doing it because you need to save um, the person that's that that is leaving? So you, right? And I think like, a lot of times when people call people out, they don't realize that Jesus never did it to deflect from a shortcoming in his own life. 
That's because he had no shortcomings. He was Jesus. But that's exactly it. It was like he never, he never, def- like he wasn't deflecting blame from himself. He was pointing to, here's how, here's how the situation can help you grow. Yeah. And and I think a lot of times people, when they do independent ministries for negative reasons, when they do leave for bad reasons, it's to deflect blame from themselves. But if there's a legitimate issue, sometimes you can't help that person when you're in that situation. And that person can't get help in the situation. Because even in an abusive relationship, we talk about the victim, but think about the abuser. They're never going to learn as long as the abusee stays. They're going to keep staying in that cycle because they can get away with it because there's never any consequences there's mm-hmm. because they never leave they know oh well they're going to come back but if you actually leave you're actually doing them a service too yep not that they're the should be the fr- no the the focus should be on the victim and the health and the growth but in addition to a a part of that is also that you help them grow it's it's a positive for the abuser because they have they learn this is not okay. This behavior is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and so sometimes it's required, but it's always how, you know, it's always for, like I say, for a positive, it's not reactionary. It's not, it's not to tear something down. Um, so how involved should we be? Let's just say we're a common member, whatever church we're at, independent ministry comes along. How involved should we be? Um, I think, um, Honestly, I how involved with an independent ministry should we be? Sure. Um, as much as we are passionate about, to be honest, I mean it's no different than getting involved with a nonprofit that deals with you know abuse or tra- human trafficking or anything like that. Like I think if it's something, if it's an area of ministry that you're called to, and that independent remember we talked about independent ministries can do a lot in a very specific area. Right. So if you are call, if you feel that your calling is to that specific area, and that independent ministry is doing that then walk alongside them and join in and be a part of it. And and um, they're not mutually exclusive, but should you leave, say, a ministry that's started by the church to help out in, in an independent ministry, hypothetically? Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's a should you. Like, I don't think that's an answer we can give because I think that's such an individualized thing. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Like, I yeah. think I think should you? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, should I do it? Turn I, the question back. Where, where I don't are you? Know. Like, should should you? you? Like, that's the, oh. uh, but, but really, like, yeah. do you do you feel? Yeah, I got you. Um, do you think that you can make a positive contribution and difference in the ministry you're doing, or do you think that the resources of your life, your time, your energy, your money, to some extent, your money, like I mean, disposable income, um, do you think that all of that can go is better used working with the independent ministry, like? That's like yeah. saying, would I rather serve in greeting or in kids? Well, I don't have a huge passion for for playing with little kids during church service or, you know, singing random songs. I have a passion for making people feel welcome and at home as they walk in the door. So I'm going to choose to invest my time and resources in in greeting. But if I feel like, hey, this, you know, working with children and helping them see the light of God is something that's really important to me, or, hey, that's something I want to learn more about. Like that's a weakness in my life and in my faith, and I want to have a passion for these people. Then okay, I'm going to choose kids. You know what I mean? Like, like I think this is an individualized decision. And now watch, you're going to be like, well, actually, the answer is, um, I. Th- but that's that's kind of 42. where I am. Like the answer is always forty two. What is the best? What is the best decision for you and the talents and the spiritual gifts and the doors that are open? Uh, what is the best answer for you? And I think that's the answer you walk in with confidence, yeah. knowing that you're walking in God's will, provided that 
you know, the independent ministry is something that we've talked about that is doesn't display the red flags, but it displays the good flags, the ones that say this is where um, where growth is happening, where good fruit is being bore, where 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 lives are being changed for the better, where the church of God is being built up, um, and where where God's name is being praised in healthy and beautiful ways, and justice is happening. Yeah, I only say that because that's a conversation I actually had with someone, and they specifically said you shouldn't join, like you the the priority should be the local church first. Like if that's not, if that's only, if that is in a good place, should you leave? And, and, that, and that's the only reason I brought it up. It's like, all right, should, how, how I mean, yeah, as long as, as long as the contributions in that church are something that is actually helpful. That's, if you're beating I mean, a dead horse or argument. slamming your head against the yeah, wall. Yeah. Like that was my argument back to them, but that's, it's so, um, yeah. all right. So the kind of ending on an odd note, but one that I think is a, is a good one. A lot of times I think independent ministries are created or started because people see a hole or a flaw or a... Would you say they see an itch that needs An itch that needs to be scratched. Um, (laughs) They see something that is absurd in the church, and they need to address Mm. it. Um, They hear hear people complaining about something, and they want to echo. Should we use independent ministries to try to fix problems that we see in the church? Um, I don't think independent ministries are the solution to the problems in the church. I do think they are something that we can walk alongside and use as a as a part of a solution. But okay. ultimately, I think yeah, that good. I think like I think they are because because of the voice that they can have. Um, like they do provide a spiritual home for people. They provide. Uh, there's a lot that they provide that can be a motivating factor and. A and, and and an emboldening and empowering thing for people, and so I think there is room to walk alongside them, to embrace them, and and to say that this is like I think learning to work well with independent ministries is would be learning would be learning the very idea of unity, the idea that we can do this in different ways, accomplish the same goal in different ways, and understanding that we are all a part of God's family, and I think um, and all working towards the same goal. So no, I think ultimately the problems in our church is fixed on that GC session floor, um, in in and the voice of of the individuals and and us really really taking taking hold of the idea that the local church is meant to be the authority in Adventism, like as far as humans are concerned, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like obviously God's the authority, but um, the voting power specifically lies within the local church level. And I think embracing that is where the solutions are found to the problems in our church. But I yeah. think independent ministries help us get there. They help spread awareness. They help motivate. They help empower. They, um, they give us the tools necessary. They equip us. Um, there's a lot that independent ministries can do to build, up, to build us up, to motivate us, and to give us what we need to move forward. But I don't think independent ministries is a solution. I don't think anyone looks back and goes, yeah, amazing facts fixed the church, or uh, secrets unleashed um, or unsealed. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, uh, fix the church. The scratch, fix the church. No, 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 no. With the scratch, I hope someone looks back and goes, you know, the scratch was something that really benefited my faith and showed me um, that I needed to do more, or that I could do more, or that I had a voice that I could use. Um, and ultimately, though, it was the work that came after that. And it was the work that came where the scratch was just a tiny part of it um, that ultimately was something that God led in and, and was able to fix these problems. I'd agree with you on that. And I and I just want to be clear, um, kind of one more time. Like I believe that there's some very strong I have very strong feelings about independent churches 
that branch out. Not 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 yes. non-denominational, but in churches that are like we're Seventh Adventists, but we want to. But we're like, not very big feelings on that, and they are not positive. Um, but uh, anyway, that's a separate episode. <laughs> so I want to be very clear. Like at, in the end, that's not what we're referring to, and we t- kind of glanced on that before. But I want to be very clear. Like that's not what we're talking about. Um, but even with that being said, I, I would agree with you. I think that is part of the mentality problem that people start up. I don't have an issue when people start up an independent ministry because they see perhaps a blind spot that the church is at. And there's just no way to fund it. I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with people who start independent ministries or or I have an issue with independent ministries that are started to to make because the church isn't good enough or yep. because this isn't good enough. Yep. It's not to it's not to it's not meant to build up the local churches. It's meant to supplant. Yep. Because you're not holy enough. And I that I think is the mentality. <laughs> I think that's a first for me. I don't think I've ever sneezed on a podcast before. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, allergy season. No, I think that that is the biggest. Um, that's the biggest difference, and I think that's where I, I don't think they should be used to fix. I think you you said it, but I think also you need to be very wary of independent ministries that are started for that reason. Mm-hmm. Do your research like you would do your research before you donate to a charity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you don't do research before you donate to a charity, start doing research <laughs> when you donate to a charity. For reals. No, And for then reals. start doing research into independent yeah. ministries the way that How you do the... Do you actually yep. um, yeah, that's 100% true. Um, but I think on that, I think this is a good place to end. So uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for being on this journey with us. Um, please check out thescratchnews.com and um, check out what we're doing there. Um, you can find all of our contact info for Tony and myself. Uh, down in the episode show notes, the, the the show description. So go there, check out any links to our sponsors. You know, you know the deal. We're 92 episodes in. You know what you're doing. So thank you so much for your support. Um, couldn't do this without you. Uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.